I am excited. I am nervous. I don't know if it's the coffee that has finally hit me, but I am really excited to be starting this series with you, and I want to thank the worship team for opening for us. It's not easy <laughs> being able to worship without worship of the congregation, but thank you, worship team, for stepping into such a delicate but an amazing and important space because God is praised regardless of what we can or cannot do. God is lifted because he's worthy of praise. And I'm super excited to start this series with you this morning. But before I do so, I'm just going to pray with you. And I know God is going to lead and speak once again. Let's pray. Father God, it is so good to be here. Once again, I am nervous, but at the same time excited because it is an absolute privilege to be able to speak on behalf of you. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you anoint this place once again, meld our hearts and our minds, maybe what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. Draw close to us, Father God, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's something about stories, and I don't know, I don't know about you, but I love stories. And there's something about stories with their ability to draw us in, to capture us, to pull us in, and when I read scripture, I can't help but think to myself, man, Jesus is an amazing storyteller, an absolute amazing storyteller. And that's why I'm excited to share this series with you, Storyteller, the parables of Jesus, what he explored and shared with his people. I love stories. My mom is a good storyteller as well. And I don't know if it's something to do with ethnic moms and ethnic parents, but they always have a story for something to do in life. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of the situation that unfolds, my mom has always had a story to go along with it. I remember when I used to, as a kid, I used to always sit in front of the TV, just a bit too close. And mom was like, Yan! Not so close, please, boy, sit back. The couch is there, sit on the couch. But every time she'd go into the kitchen, there I would be back right in front of the TV. Kids just like to be up close and personal with the TV. And every time we do that, she'd come to us, Jan, Jan, come here, come here. I want to share something with you, Jan. You see, I knew someone who used to sit in front of the TV exactly like you. Jan, Jan, listen to me, Jan, please. I know a story of a friend who used to do exactly what you are doing. And one morning he woke up and he was blind. <laughs> Mom always had stories for something exactly what we were facing in life. One of the other problems I used to have was I used to hate brushing my teeth before going to bed. And mom used to go, Jan, you need to brush your teeth before and after bed. And I'm like, mom, I do it before and I go an extra two minutes. I mean, uh, I do it in the morning, an extra two minutes. I don't want to do it at night because I just want to go to bed. It's like, no, Jan, 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 listen, come here, please. Come here. I've got a story to tell you. Jan, come here, please. And I, me and my brother would come up close and like, okay, mom's got another story. Jan, I knew somebody. I knew somebody who used to never brush their teeth before going to bed. And one time, Jan, I tell you, listen, please listen to mommy. 
Yeah, I tell you this. One time they woke up in the middle of the night. And there was a family of cockroaches feeding off their teeth like a buffet. Jan, you need to brush your teeth before going to bed. This happened to a friend of mine. I don't know if it's got to do with ethnic parents or something, but there's always a story that goes exactly coincidence, I don't know, with what you're facing in life. There's always a story. I don't know if they were real or weren't real. But every time mum would go, Jan, come here. I would, I would go to her feet and like, tell me, mum, there's another story, is there not? And then, sure enough, there'd always be a story. But regardless if they were real or they weren't real, they grabbed me. They pulled me in and they always had my full attention. There's something about stories that grabs us, that pulls us in. And Jesus was an amazing, an amazing storyteller. And so is my mom. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7. I'll have the words on the screen as well. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. And the first parable that we'll be exploring this morning is a parable of the wise and foolish builder. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. And it reads this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Verse 25, the rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had, a founda- it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rains came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. When Jesus spoke this parable, he starts the parable with a two-point command. He starts the parable with a two-point command. The first command is this. Therefore, everyone who hears this word of mine, the first command is this. Anyone who hears it, anyone who listens, before you speak, before you act, you need to listen. Before you do anything, listen. And I love the way how Jesus pulls it out because he makes this statement with such authority that he doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't kind of fluff around it. He goes straight and says, the words that I speak are my words. And if you listen to these words that come from me, they will impact you. And to fully understand and grasp What Jesus is speaking here, we need to go into what it meant to speak words into people's lives. And we've kind of dived into this in our our series in the start of the last year when we looked at the book of John, where the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God and was with God. 
And in the beginning, the word was with God and nothing was made without him and nothing that exists, exists without him. The word was the way of life to the people. And when Jesus said, these are my words, the people were listening his words with authority and power. The word was living back then before any medium of television, of radio, of internet or email. The word existed and the people listened to words. We read of the story of Jacob and Esau where Jacob steals Esau's blessing and the blessing was the, the outpouring of words over someone's life and it impacted them so much that Esau was prepared to kill Jacob for it. We explored that last year. The word was so intricate and important to the people back then. We read in the book of Matthew chapter 8 verse 8 how the centurion goes before the great rabbi and says, Rabbi, I'm un unworthy to have you at my place. But if you just speak the words, I know my servant will live. The word was alive and it transformed them and brought healing to them. In Genesis, in, in the beginning of all things, the Bible says God spoke the word into existence. And when he said, it became. So the word was very much life to the people. And when Jesus said, these words are mine. And if you listen to them, it will transform you. The first command at the very beginning is listen. But not just listen to anyone. Listen to my words. The second command, he says in continuation, he says this, for therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. The second command is action. You cannot have action before you listen. And listening is pointless if you do not have action. Can I have my slide? I'm pretty sure someone else has written this before, but it came to me. And I'm like, man, this sounds so profound. It can't be me. Maybe someone has dawned this on me and it's coming back in my mind. I love when it says this. It is pointless studying the past and knowing what is to come in the future unless it moves us to action today. It is pointless studying the past. It is pointless just reading in the Bible about what has taken place or what is, has unfolded. It is pointless just knowing what is going to happen in the future if it does not move us into action today. You cannot follow the great rabbi. You cannot follow Jesus. You cannot be his disciple unless it calls us to action. You cannot be still and follow him. It is pointless just reading. It is pointless just knowing unless it speaks into your heart and moves you into action. When Jesus spoke these parables into people's lives, it was meant to change them. It was meant to challenge them. It wasn't a Uncle Arthur's bedtime story. That's nice. I'm going to go to bed now. No, he spoke to them with a point and of conviction. And he was speaking to the listener and saying, you cannot just listen and not act. You cannot follow me and claim to be my disciple and not act. You need to do. I remember, I think it was 
a couple of months ago, I got a present from the amazing chaplain team here after we had finished year eight camp, eight and 11 camp. And Lado and all that gave me a Rebels voucher. They just knew me. They, said, they know I just love my Rebel Sports. Two things I love, Rebel Sports and JB Hi-Fi. And they gave me a Rebel Sports voucher to go buy a jersey of Liverpool at Rebel Sports. And I was super excited. So I remember going to Chris. Chris, I got this voucher and we're going to go straight away. She goes, Ian, can't you just go by yourself? I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to come with me. I always love going with people. And I was like, Papa, you need to come with me. I'm going to buy this, this jersey. And she's like, all right. So I picked her up. Went straight, literally went past the shops, picked her up and brought her back to go to Rebel Sports. And went shopping a little bit. I love going to the gym section and looking with the weights. But I knew exactly what I was going to get. And I went to the jersey section. And I said, hey, uh, there's no more jerseys. So I called them in. I was like, hey, do you have any more jerseys? I want to buy a jersey. And the guy goes, all right, yeah, yeah. We got a couple more in the back so as he's gone in the back grabbed me the jersey he looked at me and he's like ha ah, you're joining the bandwagon aren't you and i looked at him i was like joining the bandwagon what do you mean he's like oh i see you're buying a jersey and obviously liverpool just won the won the premier league so you're buying this jersey because you want to be with the champions and as he said that krista looked at me and he, she was like oh no you shouldn't have done that. And I was like, <laughs> you think I'm a bandwagon? You think I'm just joining the team because you think we're the champions? Oh, homie, you did not. You just did not. Chris like, Ian, don't worry. It's like, no, 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 no. This guy needs to know and I need to preach. So I got out my phone. I said, boy, boy, you're older than me, but I'm going to call you boy. I've been following Liverpool since I was four years old. My dad spoke life into me and I became a Liverpool supporter. And we won the Premier League when I was four years old. And since then, we have not won it. It has been blood. It has been sweat. It has been tears. Year after year, I have cried over games. I have woken up every single morning to watch Liverpool, regardless of the time. If it's 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, I am up and I am watching it. Boy, I'm going to tell you straight. Bandwagon, I think not. When Liverpool came to Australia, I was the first on the internet, clicking, refreshing. I am getting a ticket. Can I get a picture on the screen, please? He is a picture and I put the phone to him. This is a picture of my dad who spoke life into me. This is a picture of my brother who understood the truth. This is a picture of us when we won it. I am no bandwagon. I am a supporter. Next picture. When they came to Sydney, I was first in line to get a ticket because it was my dream to watch him play. Boy, I am no bandwagon. I watch every game. Only just this Thursday morning, we beat our arch rival Manchester United. You guarantee I was watching that game. And he looked at me. I was just laying into him. And he goes, man, you are crazy. You are crazy. I'm like, when you are a supporter, you do these things. 
That's what it means to be a supporter. Don't tell me you're not you're a supporter when you don't know the team colors. You don't know the team captain. You don't know the team song. Chris, I hate it every time Liverpool play. I am upstanding singing, singing our national anthem. You will never walk alone. I know it word for word. I sing it like a hymn. I am no bandwagon. I am a supporter through and through. And I know what it means to be a supporter. And when you say you're a supporter, you know what it entails. You know what you do. You can't just sit on the pews. You follow. That's what it means to be a supporter of Liverpool. That's what I do. This is what I am. So goes the same with Jesus Christ. If that is with that, with my sports, what is it with my God? You cannot follow the great rabbi. You cannot follow the great teacher unless you act. Unless you are moved by him. Unless you are, have been spoken from him. The book of Matthew 25 says this. Jesus actually speaks to the, the, the story of the goats and the sheep. And he tells the goats, say, be gone from me. You cursed people. And they're like, why are you cursing us? Why are you pushing us aside? He goes, because you did not feed me. You did not clothe me. You did not visit me. And the people are like, what do you mean? When did we see you naked? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you alone? Is it when you do this for the least of these? You do for me. You cannot follow me unless you go. Action and listening, they go hand in hand like the great book talks about us, the greatest commandment, love God. That is the listening part. That is when we connect with him. That's when we understand him. That's when we spend time in the word, knowing that he is the word and only the word comes from him. That is the first command. And the second command is just as great as the other. It says, love God and love people. These two need to go together. You cannot separate them. You cannot follow the great rabbi by being still. When Jesus spoke these words, it cut deep into the listeners. He was challenging them. And that's why the Bible says when they heard this, like, who is this man who speaks with authority and conviction? Because he is unlike any of the rabbis. He is unlike any of the teachers of the law. He is down. He understands. He is speaking at our level. When he spoke this parable, the people automatically knew what he meant. Throughout the valleys, there were all these, throughout the land, there was all these kind of in, inroads or what we call sandy hollows. That in the summer, they were absolutely beautiful to build a house upon. And if you were walking, you found this, this, this sandy hollow that you decided, you know what, I would build. Everyone would think, this is amazing. But everyone knew, builders, build a house. If you were building or were going to build, they knew that you were never deceived by the sandy hollows of all the valleys. Because when winter came and the rain came through, those places that were once beautiful and lush to build a house would be overrun by water. So they knew the moment you came upon a sandy hollow, the thing you were always taught, the thing you always knew was you dug deep and you dug down until you reached a concrete shelf underneath. And it's in the concrete shelf you anchored 
your house into. When Jesus spoke this parable, they understood exactly what it was meaning. That's why I said, who is this man that spoke with conviction and authority? They understood what it meant to build. They understood the sand that was deceiving, though it was lush and comfortable. You never just built your house upon that. You dug deep and you dug down. And Jesus says, when you dig and you move and you sweat and you, and you are called into action and you find that concrete, dig deep into that concrete is like digging deep into me because I am the foundation you build your house upon. It is my word. It is my life. And when he spoke into these people, they understood and they were moved. His words, his life, he was that foundation. It is pointless to understand the past and know what is to come into the future if You are not called into action today. God is calling his people just as if it was back then. Today, he is calling his church. You need to be called into action. Last week, I was a bit upset when the restrictions were upon us once again, and we were going to hand our flowers to the to the retirement village just up the road here, and we were cut down in numbers. But because we were cut with numbers and we know we could send one or two, I knew to myself, Ian, you're going to be selfish here, but I need to go. I need to do this because I just absolutely love pouring into people around us. Though I was tired and I was fatigued, and I'm not one point blowing the trumpet, I'm just here preaching of what I know and what God has spoken into me. Friday night, we had summit. Friday night, my wife was involved in a crash, and Saturday came. I was like, man, I am drained, but I have to go out and pour out to people because I know every time I give, God pours back into me. Every time my energy levels are low, I give back to him. And he who is faithful in his word, when he says, when you give, you will receive. Every time I pour out, he pours back into me. And that's what he's saying. He's not saying you need to serve as a curse. He's saying serve because it becomes a blessing. Every Monday when I hang over to go over to Mash's and Nerissa's house and they have like 15 or 20 young people in their home and I look at Mash and he's cooking over the stove and he's making his famous Mash curries. I'm like, Mash, how do you always do this, man? You've worked all day and now you're making curry. He's like, I do this because I love doing it. It is blessed to give than it is to receive. When I go to Colin's home and I see him with his men's group and I ask him, man, how do you do this? You work all day. I, I haven't asked him, but I'm pretty sure the answer to the same when you pour out God pours back in to your life you cannot follow the great rabbi unless you are called into action when I see George at the back or, or Michael at the back and every time they're serving and I say man why do you do this because they have a conviction in their life time and time again that I can go through the names and the people within this church people within this community that pour out and every time they pour out the truth of the great rabbi reigns stronger and stronger when you give when you give when you give you receive you cannot follow the disciple. You cannot be a disciple and follow the great rabbi standing still. The truth is as much today as it was yesterday. 
God is calling his church to be the impact, to be the light. Don't make mistakes of people of past. We need to move and to move and to be that church he has called us to be. And I look forward to what God will continue to, be, to impact this community through this amazing church and school. And I, before I do that, I know there, there is someone right now in the crowd I believe God has called me to pray over. But I want to invite the band right now to, to be up as we conclude today's service. I don't know exactly who I'm speaking to, but maybe you feel as if my life hasn't really come together and all this doesn't really make sense right now. And I want to pray a prayer over you. And it's one of the deadliest prayers you can ever pray in your entire life. It's a prayer that we pray that God speak into my life. God speak into my situation. God speak into my circumstances. I don't know what you want for me, but all I know is I am willing and ready. When you pray that prayer and he shows up, it is one of the most dangerous prayers you can ever pray. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is ready. Speak, Lord, I am ready to go. What does the great rabbi have for you this year? I'm about to pray a blessing over your life right now. But as we sing this song, meditate. Open your heart and your mind and be ready to receive the words the great I am wants to pour into your life. God bless.